Center in New York City, where I've learned a valuable lesson. Wrestling fans can spell. Live from New York, it's Monday Night Raw! Surrender Monkeys! Big Meaty Cool here, welcoming you to episode 14 of Acceptable in the 90s, the egocentric solo project brought to you by One Man's Meat Podcast. This week, I'm hoping that the previous debacle Vincent Company cobbled together was a blip as we return to the Manhattan Centre to look over the February 22nd episode of WWF Monday Night Raw. The road to WrestleMania 9 continues as Shawn Michaels and Tatanka meet once again in blistering six-man action. Also, Bam Bam Bigelow makes an appearance, Terry Taylor gets his ass tanned, and speaking of tans, Florida's mouldiest export returns. All this and more on the flagship programme for the revolutionary force in sports entertainment. But before we begin, it's time to go to the ITN newsroom to discover just what was occurring on this day in history on February the 22nd, 1993. On this day in history, on February the 22nd, 1993, in sports, Indian cricketer Vinod Kambli scores 224 runs versus England at Bombay. In famous deaths, Jean Lacanway, French UDF presidential candidate, dies at 72. In the cinemas, Bill Murray's Groundhog Day is the number one movie at the US box office for its final week. Equally, Bram Stoker's Dracula is in its final week at the top of the UK box office. And as for the pop charts, folks, take a wild guess at what's at number one in the US and UK. No change, my friends. No change. We take you to New York City in 1993 and the Manhattan Centre before the usual crowd of 1,000 fans. Our commentators for the night are Vince McMahon, the Macho Man Randy Savage, and Rob the Knob Bartlett. As you will have heard, El Nobador opens proceedings, cracking a joke about wrestling fans being able to spell, as we get some ominous red and yellow signs in the crowd. Unbelievable six-man tag, but it pales in comparison because right here, live on Monday Night Raw, it's all yellow and red. 
the Hulkster. Don't switch that channel. Hulk Hogan is here, live, and we love it. Dig it. Yeah. Up. Watch with the T-shirt. Auto Body Express, El Paso, Texas T-shirt. Very nice. Thank you. The Undertaker's here. Oh, you almost forgot. The Undertaker is here, and we're ready for action. What a night. Yeah. It's our cut. Match number one sees the wildly underrated big man, Bam Bam Bigelow, bring the pain to a pre-hottie, Scott Taylor. Bigelow runs Taylor over, then takes him down with a clothesline as he's getting a good number of cheers. Commentary flips between the match, Captain Nobcheese's terrible patter and excitement for this week's big return. Taylor floats over his bigger opponent on a suplex attempt, but Bigelow catches him with an electric chair drop, and then Vince tells us that our special guest will join us live. Bigelow hits a backbreaker, then heads up top for a flying headbutt, and then heads back up top and hits yet another one for the win at 3 minutes and 1 second. This was a really fun opener that flowed excellently. Bigelow was awesome here, and the fans were behind him, despite Bigelow being the big bad. Taylor did an awesome job as well at taking Bigelow's offensive manoeuvres, as he will for a good many folks in the years to come. Such an underrated and nice dude. The entire world awaits for your announcement this Monday night on Monday Night Raw. Hulkamaniacs, young and old alike, hoping that you will say what they want you to say, that you're going to return to the ring in the World Wrestling Federation. It was right here in this very studio approximately a year ago prior to Wrestlemania last year that you and I speculated on the future of Hulkamania. That speculation continues just what is in your mind the future of Hulkamania. Well I tell you Mr. McMahon the future of Hulkamania is so exciting I really don't know how to express myself but all I know is sitting back for the last year and watching all my Hulkamaniacs little and big continue to train, say their prayers, eat their vitamins and believe in themselves makes me realize that those people just aren't my friends, those Hulkamaniacs. Those people that have carried on even without me have turned into my heroes instead of my friends because those are the ones that believe, those are the ones that live the positive lifestyle, and those are the ones that continue to set examples for the rest of the world. And the future of Hulkamania is really bright, and I can't wait to get into that. But before I do, I'd like to talk about the past of Hulkamania. You know, when you're at the top of any field, any chosen profession, whether it be business, whether it be entertainment, whether it be sports, or whether it's sports entertainment like Hulk Hogan was at the top of for so many years, there are a lot of curious people that want to dig into your past and find out what you're all about. Well, when they dug into Hulk Hogan's past, they found out, big surprise, Hulk Hogan is a human being. And as they looked into my past, even from Little League, Hulk Hogan is not afraid to admit he's made mistakes. On a personal level, I've made mistakes. On a business level, I don't always make the right decisions. And even on a peer pressure level, as I was growing up to the 60s, 70s, and 80s, I made mistakes too. And my father even said, son, don't do as I do, do as I say. Well, I want to change that around now. Because the future of Hulkamania is so positive. I want all those Hulkamaniacs to know that stuck with me, and stuck with me for the last year, even when I wasn't around, that we're going to another level. And then there's always the negative side. We're in the era of the 90s, and notwithstanding the legitimate media 
there's a lot of tabloid terrorism going out there. Everybody knows about that. These are the people that dwell in the negatives, dig up any dirt they can, and even if the allegations are false, they report them anyway, and they don't care who they hurt, just as long as they personally gain from it. But thank God, the Hulkamaniacs are not all about that. We dwell on the positives, not the negatives. And the Hulkamaniacs know with a positive lifestyle, setting your goals high, and with positive work ethics, you can have anything you want in this life. And also, Vince McMahon, the Hulkamaniacs, the big ones and the little ones, know that the future of America lies in our youth. That's why Hulk Hogan wants to be the leader of the 90s. And now, it's not just do as I say, it's also do as I do, Vince McMahon, because there's a new demandment. There's five of them now for my Hulkamaniacs, and they go just like this. Train, say your prayers, eat your vitamins, believe in yourself, and believe in Hulk Hogan. And wait till my Hulkamaniacs hear what I have to say on Monday Night Raw. I can't wait. Well, guys, I guess the cat is out of the bag. Captain America's racist granddad is back in the WWF. Well, whoop-de-doo! They get rid of one Roydy Magoo to WCW, but not the other one. Yet. Match number two ought to take our mind off this terrible news, though, as WWF Intercontinental Champion, the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels! teams with Bowen Blake, the Beverly Brothers, to face the Native American Tatanka and Nobs and Sags, the Nasty Boys. I'd like to begin by stating that Brian Nobs is the only knob that should be involved in wrestling. Rob Bartlett, take note. Everyone piles on each other before the bell and stays in the ring as Bartlett asks Vince if that is allowed. Sean gets backdropped outside and lands on his shoulder and then the match settles down. The Nasty Boys beat on Blake as the announcers plug Sean versus Tatanka at Mania. Sean tags in and drops Nobs with an elbow smash, then the Beverly Brothers double-team Nobs behind the referee's back. Nobs uses a mat slam and then hits Sean with a pair of clotheslines. Tatanka tags in, but Sean immediately tags out as Bo enters the ring. Tatanka uses some chops and then works the arm. Sags comes in and gets two with a shoulder breaker, as the announcers talk about Hogan appearing later on in the show. We then get a weird spot with all six men facing off, but Sean and Blake go back on the apron, as Tatanka goes back to working over Blake's arm. We head to break with Nobs beating on Blake, but return with Nobs getting tossed outside. Sean is now the legal man as he rakes Nobs' eyes, and then lands a few stomps before distracting the ref, so that the Bevs can use more illegal double-teaming. The crowd is chanting nasty, as Blake Beverly tags in and uses a bear hug. Sean is back in but misses a corner charge and rams his shoulder into the post. Bo tags in and cuts off a tag attempt by Nobs, then Sean tags back in and collides with Nobs as both men are down. Tatanka tags in and runs wild on Sean, hitting a Samoan drop, but Blake breaks that up with a leg drop. The match breaks down and then Sean tries for the teardrop suplex but Tatanka turns that into a sunset flip for the win 
at 13 minutes and 49 seconds. An ordinary but inoffensive TV match that the crowd really helped to elevate. Don't ask me why, but they loved the Nasty Boys. Sean would injure himself in this match, however, having to take a few weeks off due to a separated shoulder, which may have contributed to this match being less spectacular than expected. As usual, though, the Bevs were magnificent, and while it's probably the opinion of just myself, I think they really should have been bigger than they were in the WWF. Uh, certainly a lot of great action coming up tonight here on WWF Monday Night Raw, but I think we all know one of the big reasons the folks are out tonight is to see Hulk Hogan, who's coming back. I see the Hulkster buddies are out. What do you think about Hulk's return? I'm glad, I'm glad Hogan's back. He's the reason why I'm here tonight. Hulk, okay. Hulk. Hulk Hogan's back in the World Wrestling Federation. I think he's going to clean house from the WWF and become champion again. Well, I think that makes it official. Hulk Hogan is back in the World Wrestling Federation. In what I hope will make my good friend and podcasting mentor, UTT Rob, happy, match number three pits the Dayglow Destroyer, Kona Crush, against terrific Terry Taylor. Taylor shoves Crush to start and ends up getting pushed down on the mat. Taylor lands some strikes against the ropes but runs into a dropkick, which I wasn't expecting from Brian Adams. Crush hits a press slam as the announcers hype up Hogan's return. Taylor snaps Crush's neck off of the top rope as Bartlett treats us to an Arnold Schwarzenegger impression, even slamming the Democrats as Vince laughs because Vince is a good little Republican, which explains a lot about him in 2022. Taylor works a chinlock while Savage helpfully tells us that Hogan is not a Republican or Democrat, with Vince adding that he is a Hulkamaniac as well as a Republican. Again, explains an awful lot about Vince in 2022. Crush escapes from a chin lock, so Taylor goes to using a jawbreaker and then a corkscrew neckbreaker that only gets two, as Crush powered out of the pin. Crush crushes up as Taylor lands a few punches, then fights back and uses the head vice for the win at 3 minutes and 46 seconds. This was not bad at all for a standard TV match. This was obviously put together to continue to get Crush over against a slightly more credible opponent, and it showcases like this as a kid that made me a fan of this iteration of Mr Adams. More time could have been taken to actually get him over on commentary though, instead of verbally fellating Terry Belaya. Taylor was a good hand, even though he is something of a knobhead apparently, and he made Crush look like an absolute champ. And even you can't deny that, Daddy Rob. We're back, ladies and gentlemen. And let's not wait any longer. Here he is, Hulk
Lester, please tell us what we want to hear. Come on. Well, you know something, Vincent, man. The first thing I want to say, look at all my Hulkamaniacs here on Monday Night Raw. If Hulkamania is not running wild, you tell me what it is. Is Hulkamania running wild? Wilder than ever. Vince McMahon, there are a lot of things I want to talk about, brother. And the first thing I want to talk about is what happened out here last Monday night on Raw. As I was sitting home in my beach house on Venice Beach, California, in front of my TV, I was waiting for one of the greatest comebacks of all time, my best friend, to hit this ring last Monday night. And I was grinning from ear to ear, brother. As I watched Brutus the Barber Beefcake outstrut the multi-million dollar man, as I watched Brutus the Barber Beefcake out-wrestle the multi-million dollar man, I was happy as could be. But all of a sudden, my smile changed to fear, brother, as I saw that no-good IRS sneak out of the back. And the next thing I knew, with that metal briefcase over his head, and Ted DiBiase had Brutus hooked, I saw what I couldn't believe with my own eyes. I saw that briefcase come across this ring faster than a speeding bullet, brother. And as Brutus got the crush of all times in his face, the noise was so loud on my TV, I had to turn my head, brother, because I knew at that point in time, Brutus Beefcake's face was crushed into a million pieces, dude. But Brutus is okay. That's the good news, brothers. Oh, yes, sir, that's the good news. The thing is, Brutus's pretty little nose is just bent up a little bit, and as far as I'm concerned, he looks more like a wrestler than he ever did. But the thing that tears me apart inside is not what they did to Brutus Peefcake, it's what they tried to do to him, brother. And right now, I want to publicly thank two people for last Monday Night Raw, brother. The big man upstairs who has been with Brutus Beefcake since day one, all the way through the first accident, and all the way to what could have been the nightmare of all times. I want to thank the big man, first off, for being with Brutus. And the second person I want to thank, as crazy as this may sound to all my Hulkamaniacs, is I saw the brother lay his body on the line and stop the million dollar man from the second blow to Brutus's face, which could have been an all in all out horror show. So I want to thank Jimmy Hart personally. But to answer your question, Vince McMahon, I'm here on a mission, brother. And I want to state publicly right now that I'm back in the WWF. WWF with me and all my Hulkamaniacs and I'm on a mission brother and the first order of business is to right the wrong that Money Incorporated tried to do to Brutus Beefcake. So all I gotta say right now is the first person I want standing in the ring with me is my friend to the end Brutus the Bionic Barber Beefcake.
Chester if you would. Officer Lee saying, little did I know that I was gonna get the ultimate wake-up call when I stepped into that ring. As I stood there and I realized that that suitcase was smashing across my face. I thought it was curtains for me. I thought it was all over. It rang my bell so loud that my ears are still ringing. But as the shock wore off, and as I lay in the arms of Jimmy Hart with the blood oozing from my nose, I began to realize that nothing on this earth could shatter the titanium steel face. And just like the Hawkster, I want to thank two guys right now, Vince. And first, I want to thank the big man because he's been right behind me all the way through this thing. But I also want to thank Jimmy Hart and Hawkster as I stand here now with the power of Hulkamania running wild through my body. I can't wait to get the IRS and Ted DiBiase one more time and cross my path again. Well, you know something, Brutus? I sure hope that Money Incorporated is sitting in front of their TVs watching this right now, brother, because the first thing that you and I are gonna do, brother, is we're gonna start seizing their assets one at a time. And I can't think of no better way than to take the man who everybody thought was nothing but yellow from head to toe. But last week, after he showed his true colors out here, as far as me and all my Hulkamaniacs are concerned, He's painted for, with red and yellow from head to toe. So right now, Hulkamaniacs, I want to bring out Brutus the Barber and Hulk Hogan's brand new manager, Jimmy Hart. Jimmy Hart, the new manager. The manager of Brutus Beefcake and Hulk Hogan? Let me tell you something, Hulk Hogan. This is the greatest day of my life, baby. Because you see, for a long, long time, I've dreamed about wearing the red and yellow of the Hawkster Man. And you know something else, Hawk? I have always idolized you, man. And I know right now, watching these monitors in the back, there's a lot of World Wrestling Federation superstars, Vince McMahon, that idolize this man, too. And you know, over the past eight years, this megaphone right here has won a lot of matches for the mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. And I've managed a lot of great tag teams in the World Wrestling Federation. But I really believe in my heart, Hulkster, that Buddhist the Barber Beefcake and Hulk Hogan together will be the greatest tag team of all time! And I promise you one more thing, baby, that every morning of my life that Jimmy Hart gets up, 
I will take my vitamins. And Money Incorporated, you had better start saying your prayers. Well, you know something, Money Incorporated. We just want to let Jimmy come over here, brother. Me and Brutus just want to let you know that your first order of business as the manager of this trio of the uh, the Mega Maniacs, that's what we'll call ourselves, the manager of the Mega Maniacs, is to get the multi-million dollar man, or IRS, either in signal matches or tag team matches. It doesn't matter to us. And by the way, Money Incorporated, what you gonna do when the trio of the Mega Maniacs runs wild on you? Coming to the Palace, Caesars Palace, on Sunday afternoon, April 3rd, the World Wrestling Federation's greatest spectacle, WrestleMania, is coming to Las Vegas, the new family entertainment capital of the world. And you and your family can experience all the fun and excitement live and in person. Just call 1-800-634-6698 to charge tickets by phone. Call now and make plans to be part of the sports entertainment event of a lifetime. So the bulk of the program gets given to these wacky assholes. I totally get it, don't get me wrong, but the crowd hardly exploded here. I suppose they had to put it on the show sooner or later though, since we've got the biggest show of the year to build up to. Our main event of the evening should hopefully soothe my soul, as the dead man from Death Valley, The Undertaker, accompanied by Paul Bearer, takes on Superintendent Chalmers' favourite wrestler, Skinner! Skinner comes out looking every bit the mucky bumhole. Vince says we're running out of time, but we have enough time for a Slim Jim ad! We get to see Skinner choke out Undertaker with his claw before the show abruptly ends with Vince plugging Jimmy Hart's appearing on Mania, that's the Saturday morning TV show by the way, 
And next week on Raw, we're going to get Bret Hart against, and I quote, one of the head shrinkers. Hashtag racism. We get the promise that we'll see this match in full next week. But don't worry kids, Vicious Vince was lying. So let's assume that Skinner won with a 450 Michinoku driver. Or something. And now we head to my final thoughts. The in-ring element of this week's show was much improved over last week, with every single match being enjoyingly watchable, if not particularly bothering Shagadate's star rating scale. The Hulk Hogan love fest, however, got very old very quickly. He's only been gone around a year, but the Hulkamania act already feels very tired. If you're not particularly interested in the build for Mania, then I'd skip the return segment, but everything else was good. This week's Star of the Night, without a doubt, goes to Bam Bam Bigelow. His match was pretty much the perfect squash, and it was good to see him performing on any show other than Superstars for a change. Therefore, the match of the night goes to Bam Bam Bigelow versus Scott Taylor. While our other matches did have more star power, I liked how the opener was put together. The highlight of the night was seeing my precious bloody Beverly Brothers have a cup of coffee in the big time. Good night Blake. Good night Bo. And the obvious lowlight of the night was the crushing revelation that I'm stuck reviewing stuff involving Hulk Hogan for a little bit. So there are no recaps of WCW to go over this week, but hopefully by now, I'll now know what we'll be covering next week. The meatsiders that follow the show on social media will know that I put a poll up on Twitter, asking if you muddy funksters would like any more reviews of superstars. Therefore, next week we'll see this prick right here! Either review the February 27th episode of WWF Superstars, featuring the big boss man versus Doink the Clown, as well as the continued baffling elevation of Lex Luger, or the March 1st episode of WWF Monday Night Raw, where the WWF World Heavyweight Champion makes his Raw debut to take on one of the head shrinkers, as well as Doink the Clown, Lex Luger and the Steiner Brothers in action. Tough choice, mine kinders! As always, I would greatly appreciate your feedback, as this show and the podcasts that Danny and I offer as a whole will only improve with your feedback. However, my loves, in the meantime and in between time, stay beefy, Meatsiders!